Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are rejoined by my friends and yours, Nathan Marchand and the intrepid producer, Jimmy the Awesome. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Hello, One Cross Radio listeners again. (laughs) We're making a habit of making trips across, well, I can't say the pond, that's the Atlantic, but across the ocean (laughs) here to Canada land, but... I'm getting to that, Jimmy, because you seriously need to work on your scheduling. I'm saying, I'm just saying, as a producer, you're dropping the ball. We got held up trying to cross into Canadian airspace with Uber Mogura. Apparently, since the last time we were here, the uh, the city that you live in, they complained about the huge indentations that Uber Mogura left in that dog park. And then that got all the way to, what is his name, Trudeau? Got all the way to Trudeau, and then they heard that that robot was coming back, and they're like, no, you're not coming. And then Jimmy had to negotiate with them in order for us to get passage into here. And you know we did park in the in that dog park again, but I let me tell you, Canadian bureaucracy is not fun. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> bureaucracy is universal, my friend. Yeah. Oh yeah, and listener, right before we were uh, we started recording, and I think it's I I think it's fair. It's a good segue. Uh, we finally have a good segue. We were talking about the um, the excellent depiction of the pros and cons of bureaucracy in the, uh, in my opinion, fantastic Shin Godzilla movie. And why I'm saying this is an excellent segue is because we are back to looking at the unmade, the many unmade films of Godzilla. Yeah, we got through about, what, the first 20 years' worth, and now we have about 30 <laughs> to go. 30 years' worth to go, I should oh say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but we are... Uh, the nice thing with these is I'm finding there's one... Uh, most A lot of these didn't have as many notes, like has, have as much craziness to them, uh, but also we're in a more recent era because now we're in the, uh, the Heisei. Heisei. Uh, the Heisei. Yep, the Heisei era. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to say it right. <laughs> listen, uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be like the frequent changes in pronunciation of Ghidorah and Ghidorah. It's borderline <laughs> interchangeable. Uh, so it's, it's no one can agree on how to say that monster's name. Not even the scientists on Monster Island. Seriously. Well, Nobody <laughs> can agree. Exactly. Like, I, even though in the case of Hey, say I know it is. It's just unfortunately it's been pronounced. I say, or I've heard it that way uh, often enough um, that it's it. I'm still working on it not being into. Okay, if it but. helps you feel any better, the first time I read it, I think I read it as he see or something like that. I know I said it wrong for years, and then I actually what started hearing it pronounced. There was a I just can't remember the name, but this uh, this monster this other kaiju theme podcast uh who they went in depth through all the godzilla movies um and i know they they shouted you out and i think they did the uh one of the kaiju quarantines with you um monsters versus men yes yeah i know yes. those guys they're cool yeah alex um, and eric they, yeah they were they shout out to them i i really enjoy their podcast but i know when they were first getting to the uh the Heisei era, I think they were saying it like the 
No, it was Eric. Uh, Eric was saying it wrong, but Alex was saying it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just that pronunciation. I was like, that's not even close. Like, at least at least with Heisei, it's in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the ballpark. This sounds like there's extra vowels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's uh but that's okay but yeah we're we're getting into it if i want to be technical technically the heisei era because the the for those who don't know when we talk about showa and heisei and currently we're in the reiwa era japanese japanese use the reigns of the particular emperor to denote different eras and the names that they give them these are basically the posthumous names that they kind of give them ahead of time. It's not the, their yeah. given names. And so they mark time doing that. So the, so Showa is actually technically in terms of the reigns of the emperors. I uh, show if I remember, I don't remember the exact year, but I think it should be about the early thirties through 1989. Yeah. And well, which, the- and he was the long, uh, that was uh Hirohito emperor Hirohito if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and he's the longest reigning emperor in Japanese history. Mm-hmm. And well, so um, <laughs> technically, when we get when we talk about like Return of Godzilla, because a lot of these first batch of movies that were unmade movies we're going to talk about have connections to Return of Godzilla. That was 1984, but because the next movie that was released, Godzilla versus Biollante, was after his son came, uh, you know, took the throne. Since it's technically part of the same series, it gets grandfathered in. Yeah, and and, and to me that makes it makes so much sense as well, just because of the the frequent continuity between the the Heisei um, era of films, and then also it seems to get a little bit some of the definitions as times go time goes on. It seems to get a little bit looser, like uh, Gamera, for example, uh, when people tend to talk about the Gamera Heisei era, the brave often gets grouped in, even though technically um, if we're basing it off of the other eras, like it would be the millennium era. If you go by Godzilla standards, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I know with Godzilla standards, like going forward, technically they're like the railway, the, is it railway? Railway or Raywa? Raywa. Uh, I know I've even seen on a couple like, Kaiju seemingly official in-depth good websites. Like they're like the Reiwa era is entered and Godzilla world or universe, whatever. And like, that's the era we're in now. Um, so it's like, huh? Okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's a little confusing. Yeah. I, no yeah. one's, we're still trying to work out how it all is supposed to be categorized. Trust me, as the film curator on the island, I'm having trouble trying to figure this out because nobody <laughs> can agree. Anyway, but uh, yeah. let's get into this, shall we? Uh, that's enough of this yes. chit-chatting. Because, you know, since we lost time at the border, we got to get through stuff. Yep, yep, before, the, right. before the border gets busy again. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Let us, uh, so the first one on the docket we have is a second potential version of the Bride of Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> Bride of Godzilla. Ver- I, in my notes, I have it as Bride of Godzilla version two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is similar to the first, uh, Bride of Godzilla that we talked about in our first episode. Um, but instead of it being, 
a machine. It was you know, the giant robot lady. <laughs> yeah. Was a, a female Godzilla or potentially a female Mecha Godzilla? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the draft. There were a couple different drafts <laughs> of this one. But uh, also, keep in mind, keep in mind, this got brought up because Tomoyuki Tanaka, the big producer of Toho, for some strange reason, loved this concept <laughs> from back in the 50s. The, the other thing is, like, how would it be a female Mecha Godzilla? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going off of what John said in his book. John LeMay, personal friend oh, of no, mine, no, who's no, done no, so much no. research on this. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not questioning John or you. It's I don't, I don't like. know. I, I, metal boobs. I, 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 yes, Jimmy, I went there. Deal with it. <laughs> A nice little hourglass figure with some big old birthing hips. I mean, come on. Godzilla has had giant thighs for a really long time. My friend Michael is, actually has a, a Twitter post going viral as we speak where he said, Godzilla thighs save lives. And I mean, it... <laughs> Well, yeah, no. Uh, Godzilla, uh, the... He's the, a uh, thick boy. Person. He's got still a monster verse. He's a big beaver boy. He's a big boy. Anyway, he uh, so, uh, will not body shame. <laughs> now, what do you call me? Okay, monster verse Godzilla is a power lifter. I'm, no, don't call him fat. He's a power lifter. That's all muscle, boy. <laughs> well, uh, even even uh, I, I don't, you can be big without. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're getting off track. You, uh, what's yeah. the next note? Because <laughs> you started. Uh, so it was written by. Shuiki Nagahara, uh, who wrote The War in Space. Otter show, yes, Jimmy, for... that's very important to you. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, Otter still, it paved the way for Return of Godzilla, um, which is interesting just because <laughs> so far I'm like, I don't really see any similarities. Keep going. Um, the robot daughter is now a normal girl. It's set on an island and not an underground kingdom. Most of the monsters are removed, except for Godzilla and the Bride. Okay, so that's yeah, a little Compared bit. Compared to uh, the 50s version. Yeah. Which, if yeah. you haven't heard uh, that yet, listeners, go back and listen. <laughs> well, and then also Godzilla, like in Return of Godzilla, it was also just Godzilla and the, the Super Mac. It wasn't Godzilla versus anybody. It mm -hmm. was just, he was the only kaiju outside of like the sea louse thing. Which mm -hmm. kind of gets grouped in. Um, it also speaking of which, <laughs> giant blood slacking fleas. So there we go. Um, <laughs> the mermaid is supposed to be like the show showbizin for Godzilla. Um, the female mech Godzilla is piloted by Doctor Shida, who detonates it in Tokyo Bay to kill Godzilla. Just, um, which, which is, is similar to the pre the fifties version. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's except a good Doctor Sh Except the doctor who made it wasn't piloting it. <laughs> well, piloting <laughs> the robot. Also, and it also ending in Tokyo Bay is a fitting uh, full circle thing to uh, the original Gojira. Um, a second draft had a Bermuda Triangle in the Pacific, mermaids in an underground, in an underground civilization under a volcano. <laughs> and a uh, a female Godzilla. Which I a will admit draft. is a concept I'm surprised nobody's really tried in any I'm, official media. I'm honestly, like, as I'm reading that, I'm just like, how did this not get adapted 
into the 1998 live action Godzilla or not live action, the Godzilla cartoon series. Well, I'm like, I could watch. Well, (laughs) Zilla Jr. Did have a girlfriend sort of for an episode. True. True. He fell in love with, he fell in love with Nessie. (laughs) That exists. People that exists. We don't have the Loch Ness monster on the Island though. No, no. Nessie. Nessie is a, and then a third draft had Godzilla and a son in the Arctic, a young couple as protagonists, a female Godzilla, mermaids in a volcano, and the monsters getting nuked by the U.S. in Guam. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that third draft is very different. Um, it's... I'm not going to lie. It's kind of one I want to see, but also like not one... It's well, like, like I said, the <laughs> 50s version exists as an audio drama now, a fan-made True. audio drama, and my friend Danny DeManna from the Godzilla Novelization Project voiced Dr. Sheeta. So it's not <laughs> this one. This, this 70s version it would be interesting for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on, one hand, it's, on one hand, you're like, you like the idea of there being a, another Godzilla, but also the more you try to, I find the more Godzillas you add outside of say junior or even Manila. Um, I don't know. I find it lessens Godzilla's impact. It's just kind of like, I'm interested, but also eh, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so this is one, if we were again, I maybe not a cartoon show, but uh, a comic, a comic adaptation of this is something I'd be interested in or an audio drama. Yeah. It's yeah. not one I'm out and out like, nope. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few on here where I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah, there are somewhere I'm like, this just sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the next one because, and like I said, the next few are going to be uh, all going to be, a lot of things got cherry picked from these and got thrown into Return of Godzilla. You'll notice like the blood sucking fleas because, yeah. Yeah. Because you know, we, we have giant sea louse in yeah. the, in Return of Godzilla. But another theme you're going to be seeing, at least in these titles, is the word resurrect or resurrection is going to start showing up a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, from here on oh, yeah. out. This first one will be... Uh, uh, this first one, <laughs> you'll start seeing it. It's called King of the Monsters Godzilla Resurrected. Which... Okay. That is an awesome title. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually... As soon as I'm like, I... I don't care about the rest of the pitch. I haven't read it. I just love that title because <laughs> it, 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 to me, that is a great way to also embrace the, uh, the American release. Like for, uh, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is what it is. It's got a place, but that, that moniker has become very associated with Godzilla. So it like, has. And also, the interesting thing is that it was invented by Americans. Yeah. It's, and that just works as that just works as a title. Like you can picture that in like showing up on a screen in credits, on a poster, in a comic. It it's a fantastic title. So yeah. even if nothing else from it gets used, somehow we got to use this title. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so this is a direct sequel to the 1954 film, and as I've been hinting at, it eventually mm-hmm. became Return of Godzilla slash Godzilla 1985, or elements of it did. 
Uh, it has the Bermuda Triangle Vortex, the Fleas, mm-hmm. and the Underwater Cavern from Bride of Godzilla. It also has Dr. <laughs> Hayashida from Return of Godzilla. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's you're kind of seeing how things are transitioning to what we eventually got. It also yep. features a subplot cut from Return of Godzilla, terrorists steal plutonium from a nuclear plant. This attracts Godzilla, and he chases him through an amusement park. I actually that would have liked awesome. to have seen this. Yeah. Because that would have added some interesting bits of tension that weren't there originally. Well, I'm also trying to figure out just because eventually in return, like, Godzilla was bumped up. Like, he was substantially taller. He was 30 meters was. taller. At taller. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite a size difference. Even Akira Fukubuke, uh was just like, uh, Godzilla's not that big. I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same point, like, because then you're like, the scale of Godzilla to a, uh, a theme park. I'm picturing ones in the States, like picturing Godzilla at Disney World, like peeking around the mountain. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it would also be an int- it would have been an interesting throwback to one of the inspirations for Godzilla, the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Right. Which ended at an amusement park. Listen to my episode right. on that. We talked about the history of amusement parks in that episode in connection to that movie. Anyway, so the next point I have is uh, the protagonist's wife goes into labor while Godzilla attacks Tokyo, and he later finds her dead in the hospital's rubble. Dark. Yeah, what a downer. It end, And then it ends like Return of Godzilla, but also has combined U.S. and Soviet forces fighting Godzilla. So if you've seen the end of Return of Godzilla, it's basically the same, but... If, Apparently, the Americans and the Russians are all teaming up against him. Well, and that kind of makes sense because the Cold War was such a huge thing. Return of Godzilla is the only true Cold War Godzilla film, which is what makes it really interesting. And Japan felt like they were in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. It's fair. Um, Yeah. There's aspects of this that I, I really enjoy seeing. Um, and that bleak part about the wife going into labor, but then he finds the wife dead and presumably the child. Um, that to me is a callback to just some of the bleakness and darkness that we got in the original. Um, like, of course, that scene where the mom is like, we'll be with dad who's dead soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like, uh, you know she what? says we'll see your father soon. Yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I, I enjoy this in Godzilla movies. Like, not when it's the point, because it's not being done out of malice. It also just shows the the toll. And it gives that, it it hit, it adds to it. Instead of just seeing a bunch of stuff and property damage, you're like, oh no, there's also lives. So it adds an impact. Yeah. So like, there's aspects of this that I, that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to the next one, and I hope you've got some LSD ready because this one is wild. (laughs) Yes, Jimmy, I know you have a soft spot for this one because space, (laughs) but this one is nuts. 
All right. So, yeah, this one, um, you're going to get my authentic reaction because I didn't read ahead on this one. Oh, um, <laughs> oh I don't know if you're ready. <laughs> so, like, this is one where I, I've done research, so I'm aware of it. I recognize the title, but I don't really remember any details. So this is going to be fresh. Um, so this one is called A Space Godzilla. Not to be um, confused with the big with, crystal Godzilla that was spawned from a black hole. And let me tell you, <laughs> my my crystal obsessed pseudo sister, Jessica, is yep. mildly obsessed with him. I think she wants to like somehow get onto space Godzilla and like chip off a little piece so she can wear it as a necklace. <laughs> well, I was going to say like the appropriately and bluntly named space Godzilla, um, which has a few, like has a much bigger following than I ever knew. I learned that over the past couple of weeks, like space Godzilla, the movie itself isn't as enjoyed out of some of the other, uh, Heisei era films. Um, but space Godzilla him, him or herself is a very enjoyed and beloved monster. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I, I dig them. I dig Space Godzilla uh, myself. So I'm like, that's that's really cool. I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna... oh man. <laughs> what what? Oh, just just read the notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on for this film that was not made. Um, so this was originally a story published in Starlog magazine but was rejected as a possible film by Toho. It was based on an idea by Nobuhiko Obayashi, um, who directed House. All right, I need um, to explain this. House okay. is a 1970, 1970s horror movie that was made by Toho. It was, interestingly, released on Blu-ray by Criterion. It is one of the most insane things I have ever seen. <laughs> I was going to say it's just like, a, it's it, the plot is not what makes it interesting it is because it is absolutely insane with its special effects and its imagery the plot is really just a group of japanese girls who are all friends try to stay the night in a haunted house that's it but it's insane i that's the I'm, most I'm, i can say about it it is absolutely insane i'm kind of intrigued by that movie um oh just look just try like, looking up the trailer or some pictures or whatnot from the movie. It does not do, do it justice. It is just a taste of the insanity that it is. But uh, for those of you who have seen house hearing that, and then when we get into the rest of this, you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to make the distinction. Like, I'm glad you added what it was. Cause I was just going to to not be confused with the show starring Hugh Laurie. Yes. Uh, but then there's another person who was involved in the print version of this who is noteworthy. I, on a total side note, I would love a, a kaiju movie with Hugh Laurie involved, just because Hugh Laurie is fantastic. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> so it would have been stop motion. No, animation. no, you missed one. You missed one. There's one? another noteworthy person from the print version. Oh, right. It was illustrated by Kat. Katushiro Otomo, uh, who created Akira. So think about this. Those two guys trying to, uh, or making a Godzilla story that someone tried to make into a movie. I'm just leaving it at that because it's that insane. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have been, uh, it would have had stop motion animation and an alien Godzilla in space. 
Um, the music would have been done by Japanese rock band uh, Godego. Godego. I, I don't think it. Godego. Godego. My apologies. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what I think. <laughs> okay. The per- Here's oh. the crazy part. <laughs> so the protagonist is a five-year-old girl named Momo who discovers Godzilla's corpse on a beach. He died from diabetes. <laughs> what? Um, his body is then autopsied and his intestines and organs removed by cranes. Godzilla's Which actually, brain- that would have been kind of cool to see. I will admit the closest we get to that is in the otherwise you know, bad uh, King Kong Lives. There's a scene where they do open heart surgery on Kong and they have to use a crane to remove, right. uh, to remove his heart and put in an artificial one. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, Godzilla's brain lives and resonates with a frequency from a dark nebula. Momo hides... In Godzilla's carcass and finds a baby Godzilla growing inside. I'm seeing. I'm now picturing some stuff we got from Pacific Rim. Um, <laughs> they bring in a psychic woman to communicate with the brain and learn the monster is a female alien named Rosen. <laughs> Rosen from Rosen. Sorry, I don't know. Um, from the planet Godzilla. Rosen's body is repaired with the baby inside it, put into a rocket, and sent back to her home world. In space, Rosen fights alien birds, gives birth to a child named Ririn, and throws her eyes into space to kill the birds, which explode. On Earth, Momo loses an eye and has to wear a patch. Upon returning to planet Godzilla... They discover it has been overrun by aliens called Sumerians, who look like the Earth monsters of old, including sphinxes. Rurin and his son, Kunin, lead a rebellion against them. What is this movie? <laughs> I don't, it's like three things all smashed together. Because you have this weird, this weird kaiju story, plus it's aliens, plus Conan the Barbarian or something at the end. <laughs> Like, cause, cause they go back and they find, I think my notes might be a little off on this, but they, I think, uh, cause they find Rosen's husband or whatever. It's the baby's father. And then they lead this rebellion to save their planet. Honestly, my, my hang up with this, <laughs> if you, if you make it literally any other kaiju, like create one for this. I'm I'm on board with this movie a bit in all its ridiculousness because um, it's it, that's entertaining, but I'm like this has nothing <laughs> to do with Godzilla. I know <laughs> or, it's probably any- its biggest issue. You could uh, this could be anything. The fact that it's Godzilla doesn't really bring anything special. No, and that to me like that detracts from it. That makes me not interested. It's it's like a huge reason that the uh, 1998 Godzilla film has such one of the many reasons that that has a lot of issues with people within the Godzilla fandom is like, this isn't Godzilla. This has nothing to do with Godzilla Um, and uh, rebranding it Zilla. And then also the IDW comics and the show uh, that animated show have gone a long way in uh, restoring that. But this, I'm like, this has nothing 
to do with Godzilla. And we had that a bit with the 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 Showa era films, like how, eventually getting to King Kong versus Godzilla. Like Godzilla wasn't originally in that. Um, no, they added him, but then it's like this works. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can still be there. Um, and have it makes sense. This I'm like, there's no Godzilla here. Like this is, <laughs> it, this it, is it, not it, the Godzilla you are looking for. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it's it, like it, it, when you can change it to literally anything else, and the story then become better. I'm like, that's how you know this doesn't need to be Godzilla. Um, so that's where I'd be interested a bit in this absurdity. Um, otherwise I'm like, yeah, I get a thousand percent why this didn't get made because like, I not would, only is it, I, I kind of want to read the original story from Starlog because it just, I, I would like yeah. to see this realized in its original comic book form. Yeah, that, that, that'd be interesting. Um, him dying from diabetes is funny, but also weirdly <laughs> I don't specific. understand. That's just what John said. I'm like. I'm going off of what John says. Otherwise, this <laughs> sounds like some bizarre parody. <laughs> God, yeah, after it's, all of this time, it's like it's it's almost like a War of the Worlds, where the world throws everything at the Martians and nothing can stop them, and then they get killed by the common cold. <laughs> it's, it's like the world does everything to kill Godzilla, and then he just gets diabetes and dies. <laughs> Exactly. Wilfred Brimley shows up and just says, yeah, He just stands next to Godzilla's corpse and he says, let me tell you something. You don't want to be like this lizard. I'll also say now, I know people who listen to my show have diabetes. We're not making fun of you. I love you guys. And I'm, I'm in line to get it. So this isn't mocking. It's, it's prone in my family history. So it's quite probable. It's not to make fun. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We riff because we love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is the, this one for me is more so like a, if you change the monster, then sure. Then uh, give me a cartoon movie of this. <laughs> Cause I feel like the animated realm. I feel like this an- would be a wonderful, insane drug induced anime. Yeah, an anime or uh, a comic. Um, I think those uh, those mediums would make this a lot more digestible, um, especially. Um, but for me, it hinges on it not being Godzilla, just because I'm like, yeah. this isn't God. None of this is. And if you tell me it is, I'm not reading it because it's not. <laughs> it's just so crazy. All right, so <laughs> on to the next one. And we yeah. have the similarly titled as uh, to one that we've already talked about, just Godzilla Resurrected. Yep. And this one is noteworthy because you're going to see this name pop up a lot. <laughs> this is the first film to feature the popular unused, in, uh, air quotes up to the mic, as Luke Jackney would say, unused kaiju Bagan. That's how I say it. I've also heard it pronounced Bagan. Bagan. Or yeah, there you go. But I say bagan. That's what it looks like to me. It, to you know, that's what it looks like to this dirty, dirty American right now. That he's bagan. Well, rhymes with fagan. Well. You know <laughs> what? Yeah, that, I, I'm I'm with you. I read it as bagan. To me, it's bagan. There's nothing that would add a different sound to that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. If it was yeah. an extra G, then sure, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, bagan. Yeah, but but uh, basically to kind of. Uh, 
I think the notes might explain it a little bit, but basically Bagan is a name that's been used for several different kinds of kaiju. They tried to get this monster into multiple scripts for basically like the next 10 years, 10, 15 years throughout the 80s and all the way into the mid-90s. Never happened. This monster has made a whopping one appearance in an actual thing that wasn't just like, hey, look, here's this weird monster that we're going to put into this PC software that you can put on artwork that you can print. And that was in the Super Nintendo game, Super Godzilla. Bacon is the final boss in that. Right. That is the only official appearance that he's really made. uh, World of Godzilla. Now's the time. (laughs) I don't know if anyone cares anymore, but there are people in the fandom who are mildly obsessed with this thing. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, we haven't found a real bacon yet, so there is no bacon on the island. Just curious, has Matt Frank um, done any art? Because he did the like he had his like fan uh, fan art Godzilla near uh, Neo. Um, did he do one for bacon? I, I don't remember. know. It wouldn't surprise me if he has, but I uh, I don't know. Anyway, I love I love his Godzilla Neo artwork. It's crazy interesting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, in this version, Bagan is a shape-shifting monster who fights Godzilla. Now, this unmade film had two drafts, including one by Nagahara. <laughs> yes, the war in space guy. <laughs> in this, Bagan has three forms, a dragon, an ape, and a water beast. In the second draft, these combine into something that looks like a totem pole. And he is said to be from Chinese mythology. Hmm. It also has a vehicle called the Super Beetle and later the Flying Angel and Giant Basu, which is basically the forerunner to the Super X. I messed up that name earlier. (laughs) What? I messed up that name earlier. What name? The Super X. I oh. think I called it the su- I called it the Super Mech when we were talking. Oh about well, stuff I, somehow uh, neither Jimmy or I heard that. It'll be fine. <laughs> it also <laughs> has the blood sucking fleas from Bride of Godzilla version two. They were determined to get. Them. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they really love that idea. Uh, it doesn't end with Godzilla defeating Bagan. There's a Sarazawa like character who invents something called. Raconium that is launched uh, from a satellite called Redbird to kill Godzilla. I like that. Um, I also like the name Raconium because it's uh, it's much more inventive than uh, space, space titanium. titanium. <laughs> space titanium. Just adding space to stuff doesn't always work. Space Godzilla, sure, that's fine. <laughs> but space titanium. Jimmy disagrees with you, but. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I, I love you. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. The second draft was more dramatic and involved hang gliding, which is interesting because I wrote my own kaiju short story that involved hang gliding. But both ended with the notion that as long as nuclear energy exists, Godzilla would live. So it was offered to Ashira Honda to direct, but he turned it down to help Kurosawa, his friend Akira Kurosawa, with the movie Ron. He -hmm. did suggest Koji Hashimoto as director, though, and that is the guy who eventually went on 
to direct Return of Godzilla. I'm curious about this one. Like, uh, there's a lot of aspects that I like um, with this. They, uh, Godzilla, when he's facing a foe that, uh, that has the multiple forms, seems to always been di- being done well. Um, it was actually a bit of a th- through line, a theme in the Heisei movies, because basically mm-hmm. every single foe he had had more than one form in one form right. or another. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> No, <laughs> um, and it's also like I'm curious how Honda would have done uh, a Heisei era film because he's also on the he's been on the record about not enjoying those films. Um, so it would have been especially if he was involved. That makes me more curious about this. Yeah, like, they tried to get him to come back several times, but he kept saying no. Yeah. I think yeah. he was happier to just work with Kurosawa, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. It would have been interesting. This is, Yeah, this one is one I'd be like, I'm all for. Like, <laughs> give me an alternate universe version of this. <laughs> give me yeah, a comic, an animated movie, anything I'm down for out of this. Mm-hmm. This, this sounds awesome. Yeah, especially um, Bacon. You know, Bacon in yeah. this form would have been interesting, I think. Especially since, I, for what I understand, when I say it, it doesn't end with Godzilla killing him. Godzilla kills him, according to John, kills him about halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie's dealing with him. Well, and then also the idea of um, the notion that as long as nuclear energy existed, Godzilla would live. Again, that's a, a great full circle comeback to the original mm-hmm. Gojira, which ultimately like return of Godzilla. That was all about that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a very Japanese, very Godzilla series sort of theme. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, that I dig that I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So next up we have, uh, yeah, this, is an, this would have been an American movie. Another, yeah. a, a, another attempt at an American Godzilla film. <laughs> uh, we'll see if it, uh, we'll see how it holds up. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, 3D, uh, it's called Godzilla, King of the Monsters, in 3D! In um, 3D! Okay, keep in mind, this is the early 80s when we had yet another resurgence in 3D movies. Yep. Uh, so a 3D remake of the 1956 King of the Monsters from Friday the 13th, Part 2 and 3 director Steve Miner, and written by 22-year-old Fred Decker. Um Set in San Francisco, the the American Godzilla movies always want San Francisco. It's I know, uh, which <laughs> I I like. I like because it it seems to be always the default is New York. So yeah, well, I think, I think it, it's I, because they want. Uh, apparently, somebody just in uh, there are a lot of people in Hollywood just really hate the Golden Gate Bridge or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I think it, it it works with Godzilla like there's more options for it to emerge around San Francisco and it gives you non, uh, building scenery. It's not like the New York countryside, however far away from the city where San yeah. Francisco, there's parks all around. And anyway, um, so set in San Francisco, a meteor hits a satellite with nukes. Oh, okay. The satellite has nukes. I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that Poorly written. Nukes. <laughs> I should have put armed uh, with nukes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> launched it and, uh, which awakens Godzilla and his offspring. The baby attacks a Russian submarine. 
sinking it and dying in the process. The eyepatch-wearing soldier protagonist goes to recover the nukes, and his son becomes obsessed with Godzilla. How is it? Oh, yeah, they said remake, so not a shot-for-shot remake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is more of a reboot, because it has little to do with King of the Monsters. Um, uh, he battles Godzilla. He battles his nemesis, a Russian agent with a blade and seeking the missiles. After killing him, or rather pushing him into Godzilla's hand and letting the monster kill him, he lures Godzilla out to sea in a helicopter, and his son fires a nuke down Godzilla's throat, killing him. Uh, The son falls out of the chopper, but is caught by the dying Godzilla. It could have been any monster. It was more influenced by the beast from 2,000 Fathoms. 20,000. 20,000. Yep. Sorry. I just can't read. I can't word. It's getting to that time of day. Um, it's in Gorgo. Elements from the script, such as a quotation from Beowulf, ended up in the unmade Godzilla versus the Griffin and Godzilla, Godzilla 1998 and even the return of Godzilla. Uh, there's a scene where people in a theater are watching Friday the 13th 3D. Um, someone complains, complains, the 3D sucks, and Godzilla's tail crashes through the screen. <laughs> Godzilla was made to look like, designed to look like an Allosaurus. Um, ooh, I'm going to have thoughts on that. I'm just going to finish this. Many celebrities were considered to be in the thr- film. Um, there was a planned sequel, a 3D remake of Rodan. <laughs> so I I have a lot of thoughts on this. One is the first is this screams 1980s action movie. It does. <laughs> and I kind of love it. <laughs> like you know, if, if the you, eye patch hero, the, the evil hero. Russian with blade hand. That that would have this been very good. Either this uh, <laughs> this could either be really, really like a bad 80s action movies or a bad 80s action movie or Give it to James Cameron, uh, but a true lies vibe, like he can deliver that with this, I'm in. Because James Cameron can make the ridiculous work with the action. I know. He can do insane, accurate, awesome action, like Terminator and Terminator 2. (laughs) But he can also do the comedic action, like true lies. And if you had that vibe with this, I'd be down. I want Arnold in this movie now. Seriously. Yeah, no. Now now I'm in. What are you Um, going to do, Godzilla? What, what what is what is with it? What is with you, Arnie Junior? Why do you like this lizard so much? <laughs> uh, you need to stop it! Stop it! Right, yeah. <laughs> no, we've we've made the pitch. I'm now in. I'm in a thousand percent. If it's James James Cameron directing it, Arnold's in it, and it's a true eyes. Uh, Arnold also, with an eye patch. You have to remember from, the eye patch. That will make it even better. To get him away from uh, Avatar sequels. Um, yeah, other than that, the one note I'll have is it. this also sets up what seems to be a continuous theme um, for the American Godzilla movies. Because originally, you saw some planned artwork from a movie we're going to talk about coming up, um, Jane DeBa- Jan DeBont's Godzilla, where Godzilla was more true to Japanese Godzilla. But I've since also seen other artwork where Godzilla looks more T-Rex-ish, and that seems to be a theme with the American ones. They, they're they like, Godzilla's got to look more like a dinosaur um, for our audiences to be on board. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, I do really like the meta joke 
<laughs> that was in the script <laughs> with them watching because <laughs> it would have been yeah. Steve Miner. So, <laughs> with oh, the yeah. Friday the 13th the 3D. 3D oh, the 3D sucks. <laughs> Bam, Godzilla's tail. <laughs> it almost um, reminds me of the Godzilla 98 ad campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a way. Sorry, give, me a quick, <laughs> give me a quick sec. I got to let uh, Luna the Wonderful outside. I will be right back. All right, it'll give me a chance to take a bathroom break. <laughs> Well, there you go. And now we're going to move into it's not so much an unmade movie. It's more like the first draft of a script. That being Shinichiro Kobayashi's Godzilla vs. Biollante. So we did get Godzilla vs. Biollante, but this is the first draft. And you have to understand, that movie came about because Toho had a script contest and they had people submit ideas for a new Godzilla movie after the return of Godzilla. And this is the one that ended up winning. And it actually came from a Japanese dentist. Which is, which is crazy. Um, and a quick note to the listeners who, who don't know, uh, Toho has done this in the past. And the reason they jumped to it is while return of Godzilla was successful, it wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, all right, let's see what we can do before just jumping it back to bringing in past monsters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is this guy did have one, at least one other screenwriting credit to his name. He wrote an episode of Return of Godzilla that had an eerily similar monster and story. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen it. And when I watch it, like, why is this so much like Godzilla versus Biollante? And then I learned later, oh, it's because it was written by the same guy. No wonder. <laughs> he must have really had a thing for this story. Anyway, so here are the main, what we're, I'm going to go over is just the main differences between this original script and the final film. One is that it had another monster in it. Dutalios, a rat-fish hybrid monster who fights Godzilla. And Godzilla eats him. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reporter character who's essentially Mickey Sagusa and her handler in the finished film. So one character got split off into two. The scientist father, so you know, the scientist father who's in Godzilla versus Biollante yeah. is a bit more sinister in this version. And Biollante attacks with the forest and has a human face. <laughs> That would have been a bit disturbing. The daughter's yeah. fiance dies, uh, the daughter of the scientist, dies during Godzilla's attack, and Biollante's vines embrace his body. Godzilla leaves as if ashamed. <laughs> yeah, By that, I mean ashamed of going after Biollante. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of all over the place. Um, I can see why they made the changes that they did. <laughs> There's also a few things in here that I think actually would have been interesting if they had been kept. Yeah. Like the the idea of the daughter, the daughter who dies and then her DNA is used as part of Biollante, giving her a fiancé and her mm -hmm. seeing the fiancé later when she's a monster. That would have been interesting, yeah. I think. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, but well, the human also, face, that would have been a little too surreal and weird and just, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do dig the idea of Godzilla eating another monster um, because that never happens. <laughs> well, he kind so, of ate one of the Ghidorah heads, kind of. Kind of. 
in <laughs> King of the Monsters 2019. But yeah, yeah. So that one, that one's pretty straightforward. Just a few of the yeah. key differences, and that movie eventually got made. But yeah, true. Although now we're coming <laughs> to another one of my favorites from this list. <laughs> so this one is called Godzilla: Legend of Asuka Fortress. Um, it is the only Heisei Godzilla film written by Shinichi Sekizawa. Shinichi. Um, pardon? Shinichi. Shinichi. My apologies. Shinichi Sekizawa. Um, it had Godzilla fighting a supercomputer. It's rumored to have eventually become the infamous Gunhead. Rumored. Um, no one's entirely sure. Basically, this could be could have been called Godzilla versus Skynet. <laughs> That pitch it makes me crazy interested. Um, <laughs> Keep going. And by the way, for those so, who don't know, Shinichi Sekizawa was one of Toho's go-to screenwriters back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. This, <laughs> he, he basically retired after the 70s. This was the one time he had an opportunity to write a Heisei movie. Oh, man. Um, it came from a Godzilla 2 story contest winner uh, by... Tetsuo Kobayashi titled Godzilla versus the Robot Corps. Um, it was to be adapted by Sekizawa. It was considered to be too, ex- too expensive, but too good to throw away. So it was kept as a backup for Godzilla versus Biollante and a possible Godzilla 3. Um, it's set in a, dyst- a dystopic year 2000. The is- <laughs> so uh, I'm just thinking now uh, the dystopic year of 2020. <laughs> um, the Asuka Fortress um, or Asuka Fortress, however you pronounce that, mm-hmm. um, is a giant tentacle mountain. Um, the hero, Miko, is a lab tech in the fortress, which is being developed as a weapon to replace combatants. The other Main characters include the daughter of the prime minister and a photographer. The fortress's AI determines that Godzilla is a threat to existence. Um, yeah, and then uh, these are just a few uh, lines that were in the script that I noted. Yeah, it's almost like a vid- video game. Operation Death. Yeah, that was what <laughs> the AI said it was going to implement to, because eventually it concludes <laughs> that humanity is a problem too. If I remember correctly. It always seems to be the case. Yeah, so it um, said it's, it's going to I- implement Operation Death. It's one of these uh, moments, according to John, that they give the AI some personality. Um, and then the last notes are, Godzilla has three battles, including two against the fortress. The first is against a super chopper, which may have inspired the battle with the Super X2. Um, and in one draft... It also featured a robot called Titan. I want this so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, this uh, um, all for it. This sounds amazing. I want. I would seriously want if this actually got written into a full fledged script. I want to get my mitts on it, and I I will make this an audio drama. I will well, make this thing exist myself if I have to. <laughs> I will write this script. (laughs) Honestly, the other thing that I have been lately very disappointed in is that one, there's not that many Godzilla games and two, they always just seem to be just generic fighting games. Um, As I'm reading this and it gets to the title of it's almost like a video game there, especially now, like uh, more so I'd say than any other time. 
video games have such story aspects that it's not just like point and shoot. Like you could do almost a Resident Evil or an Assassin's Creed <laughs> style <laughs> game with this plot. Yeah. And, and that sounds uh, like I would love to play this. Yeah. Um, a video game course, would be interesting for this. Yeah. So maybe you could switch between playing as the lab tech and playing as Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or it, like I recently played through a Resident Evil game. I wasn't that big of a fan. The game was fine, but I was just like, this isn't my kind of game. Um, but yeah, this would be crazy interesting. Yeah. And um, I can tell you from uh, I can tell you from the other details that are in John's chapter on this, that there's a lot of talk about the use of technology and machines because they're trying to use it to replace actual soldiers on the field and the visuals that you could have gotten out of this would have been mind blowing. I oh, think yeah. oh, it yeah. very much has a, a mid to late eighties Terminator cyberpunk sort of feel to it. Just reading this John summary of it. Yeah, this, uh, this is this one out of any we've read on this list. I'm, um, Outside of the pitch we created for, for Godzilla Resurrected, um, this is the one I'm like a thousand percent on board with. Yes, like I said, I might just take the initiative and make it exist myself. Oh wait, not not Godzilla Resurrected. Um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. In yes, yes, the King of the Monsters colon Godzilla Resurrected. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. Now we come to one that I think is a uh, is a uh, personal favorite of Jimmy's. <laughs> yes, I know because you love the Mysterians. Because this one is called Godzilla versus the Mysterians, and it's another attempt at an American Godzilla film. But you might be surprised who came up with this. <laughs> this is a proposal from music video. You heard that right, music video director Mick. Anger, I hope I said that right, that pitted Godzilla against the titular invaders from the 1957 classic. Have you seen Ooh. the Mysterians yet? No. You should. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic for a reason. <laughs> and Jimmy loves it, so make Jimmy happy. <laughs> yeah. It came about while Anger was filming, again, how weird is this, was filming two... Whitney Houston concerts in Japan <laughs> in 1989 and saw Godzilla versus Biollante. Yes, Whitney Houston almost inspired a Godzilla film. But his employer got him a meeting with Koichi Kawakita, who was the special effects director for the 80s and 90s kaiju films from Toho, after he spent several weeks working on this project. So he was basically putting together a, a story treatment. Tonally, the treatment is like gremlins with gore, horror, and dark comedy. The main character is a boy whose mother is a karate instructor and his father is an entomo an entomologist. I can't how do you say this? Entomologist? I hope I said that right. I hope I, I hope I, I spelled that right. <laughs> but that's just an interesting thing. Basically, a crazy specialized scientist. And his mother's a karate instructor. <laughs> okay. 
this kid is either in a monster in like an 80s monster movie starring a kid or he's a superhero waiting to happen i'm not sure oh yeah oh yeah definitely (laughs) yeah the mysterians hq is in the grand canyon and they wear masks made of human flesh And so I guess they wear they do that instead of the helmets anymore. The motorcycle looking helmets that I have little doubt inspired Super Sentai and Power Rangers. <laughs> they also seem to have uh, it was like Star Trek. They had color coded ranks because their leader is the only one who gets to wear orange. <laughs> I miss being able uh-huh. to wear orange on the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, and I voiced that to the board of directors on several occasions. Anyway, back to this. Godzilla is introduced on Monster Island. Oh, really? Playing rock volleyball with Angerus. This loses me. <laughs> no, it happened before. He's done that before. He played he played rock volleyball with Ebera. True, true. And it's still a popular pastime for the kaiju on the island. They have been observed numerous times just picking up rocks and playing catch. It's just what they do. Rodan and a sea serpent watch. Godzilla is kidnapped by a saucer, and Rodan picks up Angerus to give pursuit. <laughs> the Mysterian's ultimate weapon is Hirajin, which is a 300-foot, quote-unquote, part man, part Gila monster, part Mysterian battle tank, end quote. And Godzilla and Angerus kill it by distracting it by throwing rocks back and forth and then throw it at his head. And I put a little note on here that reminded me of that episode of Batman, the animated series. We almost got him where they asked Killer Croc. Well, okay, so how did you almost get Batman? I threw a <laughs> rock at him. <laughs> <laughs> the treatment was translated into Japanese and shown to Kawakita, who liked it, but Tanaka wouldn't allow a foreigner to write a Godzilla film. Plus, he didn't want to use show a continuity and thought it was, quote-unquote, too American. <laughs> so, when you add in the, the, the Showa aspect to it, I'm like, this is much more in line with it. Um, and why I said that it loses me when it's uh, playing rock volleyball is that is such a stark contrast to everything else that's going on i don't know it sounds pretty insane i mean and it's a it's (laughs) foreshadowing the fact that rodan and angerus are like hey let's throw a rock at the robot (laughs) and then they're like headshot i mean and it's interesting that it's a music video director who comes up with this but also i mean hey creative people got to get their start somewhere that's where um Fincher got his start. Um, oh, Fincher. Poor Fincher. Which I would actually uh. love to see a David Fincher Godzilla movie now that I think about it. That could be crazy interesting. Well, let's just hope he doesn't get manhandled like he did with Alien 3. Uh. Yeah. Um, there, there is aspects of this that I like a lot. So I, I think it would have, it would have been insane and fun. And yeah, especially if they let Mick anger do it, he probably would have brought a bit of that, a music video flair to it. It would have been, I think it would have been very stylized, very, oh, yeah. very stylized. And I'll be honest. 99% of the time I hate music. Videos. 
shows because they have nothing to do with the song and they're often just really dumb. But they'll also have random concepts in that. So as you read through this, you're like, yeah, this work, this is a music video. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure, that, and when you add the, the, the Shawa note to it, it's like, well, that makes sense of Godzilla, of them killing it by throwing a rock at its head. Otherwise, that is just so uncinematic. But it works with the, the Shawa stuff. So you know what? I, I'd be into it. Mm-hmm. Especially if it had that gremlin sort of tone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feed um, Godzilla after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're we're starting to get a time crunch, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick us up. The next one is called Micro Super Battle: Godzilla versus Gigamoth and Godzilla's Counterattack. So these um, are two drafts. With uh, of a movie that had a lot of similar ideas, it just had two different titles attached to right. it. And here's where we start getting in, getting into ya boy, Batra. <laughs> yes, my boy. Um, so it came about because Toho wanted to remake King Kong versus Godzilla for the 60th anniversary. Yep, their the 60th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their 60th anniversary. Um, they couldn't get the rights, so that didn't go far. They then tried to use Mechanic Kong, but they technically didn't own the rights to that character either. So that couldn't be cool. Yes, Jimmy, it didn't stop you. <laughs> nope, you nope. rebuilt that uh, that robot punk. <laughs> copyright does not uh, does not apply to Jimmy. Um, <laughs> Jimmy is beyond copyright. Jimmy and is it- beyond copyright. <laughs> so it's a concept that would have featured a fantastic voyage style where miniature humans in a submarine are injected into Godzilla. One of them was uh, Miki, Miki Segusa. Um, it, was, it also included Gigamoth, a dragonfly-like monster Godzilla would fight in Las Vegas. It was spawned by radiation from the construction of Mechanic Kong. They need to stop his heart from going critical. Um, stop Godzilla's heart from going critical. That's why they're being something. injected into him. Right. Which the is funny thing something. is, is there's actually a Gamera movie kind of like this. <laughs> and this is, they've now planted a seed for something that they are going to use in uh, Godzilla versus Destroya. Um, just not by going into him. Uh, mm-hmm. No magic school bus Godzilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh. So another draft was set into. It set in Japan, dropped Gigamoth, and featured terrorists injecting Godzilla with devices to make him go critical. Um, Which I admit, draft, I admit, that's actually kind of an interesting concept, terrorists trying to weaponize a kaiju, but not in how yeah. you would expect. Not in a, we're yeah, going to no, mind I, control it and make it destroy stuff. No, we're going to turn it into a living bomb. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. That's a really cool idea. Um, so then... A final draft had Mechanic Kong controlled by the pilot's body movements. Oh, so, Jaegers, anyone? Jaeger Mechanic Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when inside, they learn Godzilla's biology is basically like a nuclear power plant. Um, they also communicate via Morse code by making Godzilla's spines flicker. I like awesome that idea. idea. Um, seriously, yeah. It was dropped because it was too difficult to get the Kong rights and the execs wanted to reintroduce Mothra. Elements of uh, this did make Fine. their ways yeah. into Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, Godzilla versus Destroya, and Rebirth of Mothra 2. Um, 
another version with Gigamoth, Godzilla versus Gigamoth, would have had this monster be a nuclear mutated um, evil twin for Mothra. <laughs> there was only one Shobajin, and she falls in love with the male lead. She dies at the end to save Mothra, but then a human woman oceanographer <laughs> looks like her appears. Gigamoth would have stabbed Mothra with a horn, and the two would become the true Mothra. <laughs> You know, uh, the idea of the Shobajin falling in love with our male hero is actually weirdly interesting. Yeah. No, no. that That's actually really... I'm down for that. Um, yeah, there's just, there are smatterings of ideas in every version of this that would have been interesting. I just don't know if everything around it would have been good. Yeah. I'm also like... I, Gigamoth is interesting, but uh, I love Batra, so I'm always going to be like, nah, screw Gigamoth, give me Batra. Uh, <laughs> of course you would. Because Batra is uh, awesome. I, oh, actually, I think you described ba Batra, Batra as gangsta? Batra is gangster, man. Like, Batra, Batra you, if you need an anti-hero kaiju, Batra is your one to go to. Because Batra is, like Mothra, about saving the world, but Batra would smack humanity back in a second because he's like, y'all are stupid. <laughs> I like that aspect to it. Like, I like that he's not inherently evil, but he's also, like, not inherently good. Um, I dig Batra a lot. Uh, so so you, you prefer your kaiju with anti-hero flavors. Got it. I, I, I like them. Uh, it, they're rare. Like, it, they're really rare. Um, cause you, you wouldn't even say like Godzilla from the Heisei era is an anti-hero. Like he's still more of a force of nature. Um, like he doesn't go out of his way to destroy humanity, but he doesn't go out of his way to avoid collateral damage and save people either. It's just, Hey, these things show up on my turf and I'm going to take them out. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it just happens to benefit people. Yeah. Basically. Um, whereas Batra, it's, Nah, I'm about saving the world, but I hate humans because of all the stupid stuff they do. Yeah. Where, yeah, Batra's kind of an anti-hero, and I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, sorry. We've got yeah. a little Now, on to the next one. The next one's a big one. This is a yes. very popular one and a very yep. well-known one. This is Jean de Bont's Godzilla from 1994. Yeah. This was the and original version of what eventually became Godzilla 98. It was floated around throughout the 90s. Pitches were made by, no kidding, Tim Burton and Clive Barker. You imagine Tim Burton or Clive Barker directing a Godzilla movie? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'd want a Tim Burton Godzilla movie, um, but a Tim Burton kaiju film, like where he creates it from the ground up, I'd be a little more interested in. Hi, Luna. <laughs> <laughs> she's in protect mode <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio of Pirates of the Caribbean fame were chosen they took a Moby Dick approach albeit with a woman in the role <laughs> Doc, uh, her name and that character's name was Dr. Jill Llewellyn who wants to avenge her husband's death against Godzilla there's also a benevolent alien who possesses a character. Because what a Godzilla movie needs is 
disembodied aliens. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> ah, so Godzilla, who is a bioengineered life form, is found frozen in the Arctic. The Griffin is a doomsday beast created when several animals are mutated together by a crashed alien probe. There's a scene in San Francisco, again, <laughs> and the Golden Gate Bridge. The climax is in New York and even involves Godzilla using his reflection in the Twin Towers to distract the Griffin. <laughs> So if this got made, that wouldn't age well. <laughs> that would have, you well, know, it's awkward enough that the end of King Kong 76 is on the World Trade Center. Yep. Many big-name directors were considered, but it ultimately went to Jean Debont, who was just fresh off the success of Speed, and he was a huge Godzilla fan. However, they couldn't agree on a budget after Sony sh uh, shouldered a loss on the movie called Geronimo, an American Legend. <laughs> Don McPherson, who did rewrites on Alien 3. Oh, we're going back to Alien. It comes full circle. Was yep. brought in to make the script less expensive. Even David Fincher was considered to direct. Oh, my gosh. It's like we knew it was coming. <laughs> it's uh, darker, more noir-like, and akin to the X-Files. I think that's the script I've read. Mm. Okay. It had a very different story and would have had special effects by Stan Winston. That is Which, probably the most exciting part of this whole thing. Because Stan Winston yeah. was basically the Ray Harryhausen of the 80s and 90s. And you can look up, um, you can find pictures of what his model of Godzilla would look like. Friggin' wonderful. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, is the Griffin at one point was going to be Ghidorah. <laughs> but I'm oh. guessing it was a case of Toho wasn't giving them the rights to Ghidorah, but they gave them Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. Elliot well, and Rossio uh, were given credit in the 1998 film because minor elements of their script were used, uh, but they weren't proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> they basically disavow it. <laughs> <laughs> now, the funny thing is, this does exist in one form. It was made into a fan comic a few years ago, which I have still yet to read. I think I've read it. I'm not sure. Yeah. So this yeah. is, like I said, this is a very popular one because of things like Stan Winston being involved and the idea of the director of Speed working on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting things. I think it would have been preferable to Godzilla 98, to say the least. Well, so far out of any of the Godzilla... American Godzilla movies that we've had on this list and and the one we eventually got with 98 this is the best this is the best one um, and this is one I'd love to see at an animated adaptation mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> all right but now uh, we go back to some Japanese madness yep so we are at uh, Godzilla versus ghost Godzilla. <laughs> Um, so in this one, the Heisei Godzilla would have battled the ghost of the original 1954 Godzilla. Um, ghost Godzilla had a long list of powers, including teleportation and levitation. Um, but chief among them was possessing Godzilla Jr. to acquire a new body. Uh, it was limited to where it walked before being killed by the oxygen destroyer. At one point, it is confirmed to confined. Mariah. Pardon? Confined. 
Right, I just can't read. Um, confined to Mira and put on display and shown on TV. Miki is in it, but one new character would have been the son of Ogata and Emiko from 1954. He invents a neo-oxygen destroyer that can destroy both body and soul. <laughs> Which just end, sounds insane. <laughs> I know. Um, in the end, uh, God's, Ghost Godzilla leaves Junior's body. Godzilla mourns before being killed with the neo-oxygen destroyer. Ghost Godzilla returns in a crystal form. Miki resurrects Junior with stolen plutonium, and Junior defeats Ghost Godzilla. It was turned down because the studio didn't want to keep making films where Godzilla fights a different incarnation of himself. And it led to Godzilla versus Destroya. <laughs> this just, there are some things in this that just sound absolutely insane. This sounds yeah. like it would have been a very busy movie. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, there's aspects where I'm like, that could have been interesting. Uh, but then, like, the idea of Godzilla having to reluctantly face off against a possessed junior, color me interested. Um, but then there's other aspects of it where it's uh, like soul body hopping, a crystal form Godzilla. Yeah, because we already had that. Exactly. Where it's just like, okay, yeah, no. And, it, and Mickey it, stealing plutonium. <laughs> yeah. It, where it's just like, you, ha you had me in the first half. And then <laughs> you, you kind of lost me. Um, so if there, this is one where it's like, if you could have a refined version where they pick more of a lane, then I'd be interested in seeing this in some form, like be it a comic or a, a show, but where it's everything. I'm like, this is, I don't think this would work. It's way too busy. Yeah. Um, you need, I think you need to scale back on some of the things in this. Yeah. And there's, there's interesting stuff that they did incorporate into Godzilla versus Destroya, which is definitely the much better idea than this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right but, uh, after this, uh, it'll uh, this next one's actually pretty quick, and because uh, it would have been a Godzilla versus Bacon. Oh, <laughs> Bacon. And then, Bacon. Then we, we these are just the ones that Bacon showed up in a Godzilla film. They tried to put Bacon in an unmade Mothra movie and some other places. <laughs> yeah. So it was just ridiculous. The a project that would have pitted Godzilla against the infamous Bacon as the final Godzilla film in the Heisei series. It went through several iterations that swapped Bacon for Varan and added Mothra, Rodan, and the Gotango at points. Yes, I know you love that thing. You took it for a joyride once. I've heard that story a couple of times. <laughs> Both Varan and Bacon would have been harbingers of the apocalypse. <laughs> Naturally. In the end, it seems to... Uh, in the end, it seems to be a little more than a rumor because no one really has a whole lot about that one. <laughs> Right. It's like somebody just it's like somebody just pitched the idea in a creative meeting and then it they considered it for about 30 seconds and then moved on. <laughs> well, yeah, just cuz everything about uh Godzilla versus Destroya screams finality um with the exception of the 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 ending shot with Junior, but that was also like set up to be like and now we're setting we're leaving it to the next chapter is from the Americans <laughs> and 
Yeah. I think this was one of the things that eventually became Godzilla versus Destroya. I think that's the that's yeah. the issue. So yeah. next up we have Godzilla 2, which I'm on the record of saying I am much more on board with this than I am the first Godzilla, uh, the first American Godzilla. And yeah, the only reason yeah. and is- I, uh, I've, I've actually seen a video panel with uh, where the screenwriter was interviewed, and he actually was pretty proud of that script, and he was sad that it never got made. Well, a lot of it has to do with they, they adjusted it, but then also because you had Zilla, you knew going in what to expect, like with the monster. And then they started adding bits from proper Godzilla. Um, So I I dig that aspect. Um, So this was intended to be a sequel to Godzilla 1998. It was written by Tab Murphy, Last of the Dogmen, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and Tarzan Bame. Um, Nick Totopoulos, along with Roche and Hicks, who would have pursued the one surviving baby Godzilla to Australia, where the monster establishes a new nest. Godzilla Jr. and the Runt would fight a giant insect named the Queen Bee. Um, (laughs) That's not what it says, but that's probably how it would have gotten marketed to the kids when they made the toys. (laughs) (laughs) Listener, you can figure out what Queen Bee means. Um, (laughs) I will admit, it would have been kind of funny to hear it called that for the whole movie. Well, it's also just, as soon as I read that, I'm like, this is Alien Man. (laughs) (laughs) Get away from her, you... Um, Yeah. (laughs) So it gives Godzilla a nuclear ray and has Oh, you forgot one part. You forgot one, though. Sorry, yes. Audrey is absent because Nick is essentially kidnapped at his... uh, is essentially kidnapped from his wedding at the beginning. Um, Which... I'm for because <laughs> Audrey was nobody. Nobody likes that character and that actress. Yeah. Uh, no. There's a reason I, why I, the Honest Trailers video uh, nicknamed her career killer. <laughs> and I also love that Honest Trailer going in hard. <laughs> Epic voice guy just <laughs> Jay Leno. Man, I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, I've met him, by the way. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Um, so it gives. Godzilla, a, a nuclear ray, so like like his atomic breath, and it has a monster island. Oh, really? More... <laughs> <laughs> and then, it although ha- uh, um, although Monster Island in this is a bit different, yeah, it's more like Jewel Burns' um, mysterious island. Mm-hmm. Either and the runt expensive. is the one uh, because the Zilla Junior, Godzilla Junior makes a new nest, it gets attacked at one point, and only one of the babies survives, and it's the runt. Yeah. And it's been... Uh, listener, I'd highly recommend, you can find videos on YouTube that go through the script of this, and this is one where I'm like, I'd give me a fan comic or an animated show of it. Actually, um, you already show, got but... the animated show. <laughs> <laughs> right, a lot of aspects of this were incorporated into... Godzilla, the animated series. Um, so it was either deemed too expensive or Sony didn't make it because of the bad reception to the first one. No one knows. At points, also, Sony was kicking around an idea of just rebooting Godzilla um, with no connection to this, but eventually the rights expired, went back to Toho, um, 
so America no longer had the rights to make any Godzilla. Um, for a while. Still had the rights to make Godzilla. Yeah, for a while. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I would have, you know way- what? I would have been totally fine if this actually got made. I think it actually would have been liked a whole lot more than the oh, first yeah. movie. And it might have actually made people warm up to that first one a bit more. Well, it, it would have retroactively made it better, um, I think. And then also because of Junior in, uh, yeah, Junior in this was much more Godzilla-like in terms of abilities, um, like nigh immortal again, and <laughs> the the atomic breath. Like it enhances some of the the new design aspects or characteristics of Zilla from '98 but then incorporates stuff that people love from Big G. Um, and then also because you knew what you were getting to a degree from the 1998 movie, that makes it a lot easier to digest. Yeah. And then the next yeah. one, only got a few notes on this one. It's called Godzilla <laughs> versus M, which is not the official title. It's just what has been attached to it. This right. was Shusuke Kaneko's first proposal for a Godzilla film. So this is the guy who did, I'll do the whole title, Godzilla Matra <laughs> and King Ghidorah, giant monsters all at attack. <laughs> and he also directed the Heisei Gamera trilogy. So this was his first proposal. Fantastic. Yeah. The, the handful of details that I can give you for that is that it would have been set in an alternate history universe and had Godzilla fight an astronaut inhabited by a benevolent alien who transforms into a giant. So I guess you could have called it Godzilla versus Ultraman. Or Jet Jaguar would finally get his reappearance. <laughs> <laughs> you approve of this? Of course you do. You and Jet are practically best friends. <laughs> It's like, Jimmy, you're my sidekick, but Jed is your sidekick. So it's like this hierarchy of sidekicks. It's kind of funny. Yeah. uh, There is also an episode of Ultraman Powered kind of like this, to be honest. I think I've heard about that one. Yeah. Uh, It also featured a father-daughter dynamic that would find its way into GMK. And actually, it's honestly one of the best parts of GMK is the relationship between the reporter girl and her father. I think this, like, this one, I don't have enough information to be, like, really into it. Um, But the idea of Godzilla fighting a giant mech, like, that's par for the course. And most of the time, color me interested. Um, And it's also very millennium in the sense of it's an alternate history. (laughs) Nothing else except for the original has Mm -hmm. any continuity. Yeah, the the Um, alternate history part did make its way into GMK as well because the Japan in that has different laws related to the military compared to reality. Right, right. Now, we only got a couple more left. Let's see if we can get through them. We can get through them because we're, we're running low on time. Yeah, here we go. We got another. Actually, the next two are basically American attempts at a Godzilla film. Yep. So Godzilla Reborn. Um, this was intended to be a sequel to the dubbed version of Godzilla 2000. Which I'm going to say right now is already kind of a weird concept. So it's basically saying that the dubbed version exists and it's a little pocket universe. Well, the thing is, Toho also is on the record as saying, like, 
God, the dubbed version of Godzilla 2000 is the better movie. So it, it's the rare time that <laughs> the American version of a, of a Japanese Godzilla movie is actually better. Well, um, that's because it lets all of us know that there's a little bit of Godzilla in all of us. <laughs> um, so it was to be made uh, for $20 million and have Toho special effects text. It would have been directed by Joe Dante, set in Hawaii, and featured another monster named Miba or Miba. Miba, yeah. Um, now, Joe Dante, for those who don't know, is the visionary director behind such films as Gremlins. <laughs> always with the Gremlins. Um, He's done a lot of other things, but Gremlins is really high on the list. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Uh, the scenes were to be funny. The and human satirical. scenes. The human scenes were to be funny and satirical, but the monster scenes were to be serious. Um, the main character is a TV reporter looking for a story. Godzilla is killed by the military in Hawaii and later cloned to fight the reawakened Miba. That is um, a very American thing to do. Because the is. whole concept of the military actually being successful against Godzilla really only exists in one movie, and it's Godzilla '98. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> the cast would have, uh, would have no, included. No, they Bruce wanted. Campbell. They wanted to. Keep uh, the cast they wanted to include is very American: uh, Bruce Campbell, Leonard Nimoy. Christopher Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis, but none of them were approached. Can you, Bruce Campbell would have been amazing for this. I just want to throw that out there. Bruce Campbell would have fully embraced this. I'm not sure about Leonard Nimoy at that point in his career. Christopher Lee probably, well, this would have been right after Lord of the Rings. So Christopher Lee probably would have been a little bit more selective. I'm guessing Jamie Lee Curtis. I really don't know. But Bruce Campbell maybe, would have been 100% into this. Yeah, no, well, yeah, he absolutely would be. Um, now that I think about it, I'm upset that Bruce Campbell wasn't in any American Godzilla movie, but especially the 98 one. Um, <laughs> I, just wanted to, I just wanted to look up at Godzilla and just say, groovy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christopher Lee, oh man, rest in peace. I would have loved, he, he I think, even at that time in his career might have because lest we forget like star Wars was right around the corner. Uh, yeah. Star Wars, uh, star Wars and Lord of the Rings at this point, his, you know, that was a whole different chapter of his career. I mean, he made a name for himself playing Dracula in the sixties and seventies, but exactly. I don't like, know. <laughs> it it would have been interesting. Um, okay. So next up, is uh, uh, here's our last one. Our, our last, last one. one. <laughs> oh, and, uh, wait, I'll quickly say, um, yeah, I'm not into this version. This isn't one I'd even want a, uh, a comic book of. And this is where I'd be like, it's too American. Um, I think it's cast, less that it's, oh, I mean, this one that we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, no, no, sorry. I, just because out of unmade ones, like we, we kind of give a verdict if we'd be interested. Yeah. Um, the cast interests me, but almost in any other story, but this, um, yeah, it just, just it's the whole thing just sounds a little bit weird. Although yeah, Hawaii would have been interesting and Joe Dante directing interesting. And it would have been kind of a weird melding because it's an American movie with Japanese special effects artists. 
That that yeah. part's interesting, but legit, the part that loses me is like we're making a clone of Godzilla, which is interesting enough in and of itself. But it's because the the mighty American military killed him. Like, nah, I'm not, I'm not in for that. <laughs> yeah, it really should just be another monster. It really, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, uh, now we get to our last one. Sorry, jumped ahead there a little bit. So, and uh, yet another theme for the today's episode: 3D. Yep. <laughs> Godzilla 3D to the max. <laughs> Which sounds about it. It's not a 90s movie, but it sounds about as 90s as you can get. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this seriously. was a proposed 40-minute 3D film from Yoshimitsu Bano, director of Godzilla vs. Hedera, and his own studio, Advanced Audiovisual Productions. So he's like, I want to make a Godzilla movie. If I have to make it myself, I'll make it myself. <laughs> it would have featured a Hedorah-like monster named Deathla. He is so fixated with Hedorah. It's like he makes his one Godzilla movie, yep. and he can't let it go. <laughs> it included forms like Mushroom Deathla and Locust Deathla. Godzilla would once again be the defender of the environment, and able to fly. <laughs> I'll just say, it's almost like the attitude of like, why do I need to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hedera was perfect. Like, I don't need to change. I'm just going to go back to that well. Yeah. Hedera is perfect. Apparently. <laughs> it would be filmed from the perspective of news cameras and the human characters a la Cloverfield. Huh. Which would have been interesting. Yeah. It had many callbacks to Godzilla versus Hedera, naturally. Godzilla yeah. and Deathla would have flown, yes, all over the world and battled in various locations, including Disney World and the 9-11 Memorial. Yeah, maybe not that part. <laughs> okay. It ends with Godzilla returning to his cave behind a waterfall and winking at the audience. All right, you lose that part. <laughs> it was later changed. Have you seen Zone Fighter? <laughs> it was later changed to Las Vegas in another draft. Probably because they didn't want to deal with the potential controversy of the 9-11 memorial. Yeah. It was to be 40 minutes long and be budgeted at $9 million. It was to be made in conjunction with White Cat Productions. A later draft would have had two brothers and a sister whose father died in the 9-11 attacks. Godzilla attacking Deathla with his... Oh, and Godzilla... Oh, let me start that over. Cut this out. And Godzilla would have attacked Deathla with his quote-unquote ultra-spin tail punch. The heck is that? Pokemon? <laughs> it sounds like, Pokemon, like a Pokemon attack. I'm picturing like something the Power Rangers yell in the Megazord. <laughs> no, ultra spin tail punch! Except yeah. that would be Power Rangers Megaforce. Um, yeah. Yeah. The less said, the better. <clears throat> Brian Rogers <laughs> and Roger Holden, that's only mildly confusing, of Terminator 2 3D Battle Across Time were set to produce... Keith Melton of Cirque du Soleil Journey of Man was to co-direct and Sid Mead of Blade Runner and Aliens would design Deathla. Godzilla was to be Suitmation, however. The budget, remember it was supposed to be $9 million, It bloated to $25 million. <laughs> It was shopped around for years 
by Bono. Nobody picked it up. But as strange as this may sound, one of the studios that he took this to was legendary. And it eventually led to Godzilla 2014, which is why Yoshimitsu Bono has an executive producer credit in that film. Right. So, you could make the argument, as much crap as Bono got for years because of his one Godzilla movie, including from Tanaka and the studio, if it wasn't for Bono, it can be argued, if not for Bono, we wouldn't have all of the wonderful Godzilla and Kaiju stuff that we have right now. Because 2014, Godzilla 2014 is the beginning of it. Yeah, we wouldn't wouldn't have gotten Shin. We wouldn't have gotten everything else, if not for Bono trying to shop this movie around for years and eventually getting to Legendary. So yeah, the movie he wanted to make didn't get made, but it was the germ of the idea that eventually blossomed into what we have now. For as much crap as he got, he was always a friend of the franchise. Yeah. So, I don't want this as a movie. But, if you were to make this, like, as as we're going through this pitch, this screams to me a theme park ride. It does sound like a theme park ride. theme park ride. And I think this could work as that. Because uh, then you can have, like, that allow the ride aspect allows you to fit, like, switch POV um, to the flying as Godzilla. It allows you to then, in certain parts, like, have the interaction, like the old Kong rides mm-hmm. or Jurassic Park rides. Like, this to me screams. Or maybe you could be flying around in like a super X sort of a thing. And you're always following Godzilla and Deathla around. And then maybe sometimes you fly a little too close because why would you fly that close? But they do it all the time (laughs) with the movies and then you get smacked around. So then, you know, it's uh, then the, the, the ride can shake you around while the vehicle writes itself and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I don't think this, no, to me, this is way too busy and nuts as a movie. Um, <laughs> to be a movie, it's just... It's crazy, but if you were like a theme, a Godzilla theme ride, this this would be it, and it would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea, Jimmy. Maybe I should suggest it to the board of directors for them to consider. <laughs> this would be an interesting attraction at the Monsterland yeah. Resort. Hmm. I'd actually love if Theme Park revisited. And it would be a nice show. little tribute to Bono. I think th- I think that would it be would very be. nice. It would be. And honestly, out of any like out of any other pitch, this is the only one where I'm like, this works as a ride. Mm-hmm. And rides are like rides are iffy things, but like Terminator 3D, of course, uh, Terminator 2 3D Battle Across Time. I never got the chance to ride that. Um, but that was a very story driven ride. <laughs> like it has a lot of love within the Terminator fandom. Um, and the Jurassic park ride does as well. And the Kong one did to a degree. So I'm like, this could be a story driven theme park ride that, that would be a lot of fun. You know? Yes. I am going to make that proposal. I'm going to make that proposal. 
Nice. Uh, I nice. mean, come on. They, they may be Orwellian overlords, but from near as I can tell, <laughs> they like money. Well, this yeah, would make money. Um, that's a business's prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, as much as we fans want artistic integrity, at the end they'll be like, look, this has to make money. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, well, when you're talking about a, a ride, it's a little different than an actual movie. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listener, we did it. We got. Yes. It only took us two episodes, but we did it. Two episodes and almost four hours um, to get through it, but we did it. And uh, I'm sure the thing is, there'll be more. Uh, Eventually, there will be more unmade Godzilla movies. Because this is a franchise that I think is ripe for it, given the long-lasting history it has um, and will continue to have. Like... We're about to enter the, the Godzilla world era where, again, their, their plan is uh, every two or three years or every, even every year have a new Godzilla or a new kaiju film, which means not all of them are going to get made. And <laughs> in a couple of years, we're going to learn some interesting facts and it'll be fun to go through those to see what we would have liked. Why uh, do we get why it didn't get made? And yeah. If nothing else, it'll keep John LeMay busy. <laughs> oh, calm down. Don't start another flame war with him, please. <laughs> it'll keep John, John busy and give many kaiju YouTube channels a lot of content for a while. This is true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, I know we, we are on a time crunch. You got you to gotta get back to the past the border ASAP. So we're going to yes. wrap this up. But thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for coming back and joining us to uh, to finish this out. And listener, you can check out Nathan um, currently on the Monster Island. It is the year of Gamera. Yes. Much to my chagrin. <laughs> uh, uh, chagrin. You know, the, uh, the September can't get her soon enough. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, coming towards September, you're gonna you're gonna be singing a different tune. Yes. <laughs> Yes, assuming that the board, I swear, they're trying to kill me by making me go through, <laughs> slog through all of these Gamera movies, but whatever. <sighs> hmm. All right, well, uh, where can people check you out, sir? Well, you can check out the Monster Island Film Vault at monsterislandfilmvault.com, and we're also on all the podcatchers. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Yes, and follow Jimmy on Twitter too. The, the uh, those handles are the Monster Isla One and uh, at NASA Jimmy, and then there's also at MIFV underscore Legal Team, which is Raymond Martin, who's <laughs> the resident lawyer on Monster Island, and also my pseudo sister clone Crystal Lady Jessica at Crystal Lady Jess One. I believe I got everybody. Oh yes, in the board. Follow the board on Twitter at Monster Isla B-O-D, whatever. And also, I am an author. Con- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> say it. Say it. What were you saying? 
I just wanted to jump in and steal your line. You have fulfilled your contractual obligations. <laughs> yes, I have fulfilled my contractual obligations. I will not be shot into space for one more day. And not to be confused with that horrible Spider-Man story. But <laughs> yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> And then I am also a professional author and writer. You can check out my writings on my website, NathanJSMarchand.com, because, yes, I have two middle initials and had to use them because the domain name NathanMarchand.com was already taken. I'm going to find that guy, and I'm going to unmake him. <laughs> this took a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> deleted anyway uh, and then you can follow uh, also the podcast is on instagram and facebook and then i bring that up because i also have a professional facebook page called the worlds of nathan marchand and you can follow my author twitter my professional twitter at nathan marchand seven i believe that is everything that i need to bring up <laughs> other than the fact that i do have a new book out in print called zorzum and the god who devours it's a Sword and sorcery story with a barbarian cooler than Conan, and I co-wrote it with my friends Nick Hayden and Aaron Brosman. Nice. There you nice. go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Nathan, as always, thank you for coming here. I, I love doing these uh, kaiju-themed episodes with you. Um, Feel free to have listening. me back. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I, oh, dude, I'll definitely have you back. <laughs> I'm your new and, favorite uh, guest. Just admit it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's my favorite guest. Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. Well, dear listener, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. God bless my friends and take care. Peace. Sayonara.